Matt Step, you've seen some Texas high school football games in your life. Have you ever seen anything like Shiner and Refurio? Absolutely not. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, we love you very much. Uh, and welcome to the regional finals. Welcome to December. December football, teens to remember, yes. play in December. Oh. Insert the cheesy. Hey, you should you should definitely like paint that on like a big... like. <clears throat> sheet of paper for teams to run through i should do that that'd be a good idea or it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that ring Ooh. or how about um call your tell your girlfriends you'll be free next yeah. friday <laughs> that's a big one it is, i would love for somebody to do that at the state championship games because it's like yeah we will be we actually are yeah you, you will be too uh this is your regional final preview your round four preview uh for Tep and Step, your premium high school football podcast. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We will have a little bit of recap on um, on the regional semifinals coming up here in just a moment. Um, you know, I'm a little. We record this on on Monday. So this is Monday. It's Monday, five twenty eight p.m. Yes. And non disclosure. I'm a little. Normally that works great. Today it works terribly because if we could just wait, like. 16 more hours. Oh, yeah. We would have the UIL cutoff numbers. Yes. So tomorrow at 8.30, the UIL is releasing their um, classification breaks. So most most of the schools that we have accurate numbers for will um, will know what classification they're going to be on in 2020. Yes. So that'll be fun. So that'll be fun. So keep it adds on. for us stuff to do. More stuff to do. That's fine. Uh, what else is new? Um, TexasFootball.com will have complete coverage of that. Let you know what's going on there. But... The busy weekend at Texas High School Ball in the past, busy weekend in, te- in the future. Uh, this is the last such episode of Tep and Step like this, where we'll do the draft. Because next week is the semifinals, <clears throat> and we'll have our viewing guide, as we did last year. And then we will get into Tep and Step, the daily preview episodes for the state championship games. We'll give you a Wednesday, pre- a Wednesday pod, a Thursday pod, a far- Friday pod, and a th- Saturday pod. Um, but so this is the last one of these for 2019 tier. It's the last draft. That's right. It's okay. But we will start as we always do, Matthew, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Step. Knowing full well, I'll give you this answer. Okay. There are two undefeated UIL six-man teams. Okay. Okay. Matt Step, how many overall UIL teams? Remain undefeated right now. I gave you the answer to one of the classifications. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Are you counting? I'm just going to throw anytime, out a number. Anytime I do this. Because yeah, I'm starting to go through the bracket now. Because you're going through the bracket. And the problem is that that makes terrible radio. It does. It <laughs> does. Because Matt, Steph is sitting here. He's like counting on his fingers like, hmm, 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 I'm just throwing a number out. Uh, 2A to 6A, I'm going to say 11. The answer is 21 wow. plus the two six-man teams. Your undefeated teams, South Lake Carroll, Duncanville, San Antonio Brandeis, Dumas, Denton Ryan, Manville, Midland Greenwood, Argyle, Carthage, Post, Hawley, San Saba, 
Pottsboro, East Bernard, Geronimo Navarro, Refurio, Canadian, Holland, Blackwell, Frisco Lone Star, Alvin Shadow Creek, Richland Springs, and San Augustine. Wow. 23. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. So, there it is. Your Texas High School Wall Fun Fact of the Week. I, I'm glad that we are now nearing the end of the podcast because I, it is becoming increasingly more difficult for me to find fun <laughs> facts. What are you going to do next week? Boy, I have no idea. Uh, we'll f- if you have a fun mileage, fact, yeah, if yeah, you have a fun yeah. fact, hashtag Tep and Step. Yeah. Send or, it to yeah. me. Or Greg.Tepper at Texas. Yeah. Greg.Tepper at Texas. You're a subscriber. They, you can have Tepper's email. I think it's pretty eminently available anyway. Um, so we'll get into our regional final preview here in a moment. But first, Matthew, let's take a look back on um, on the regional semifinals where... Pretty quiet week, right? Um, <laughs> I was... Quiet. So here's so it's, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and so after Thanksgiving, my wife and I and Hank um, went out to the... Uh, my folks have a lake house out on Cedar Creek Lake. And cue the do, fancy do, music. Do, 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 do. It ain't mine. It's my folks. <laughs> um, and so we went out there. And my wife was like, oh, it's be a nice way to get a, get away. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Flips on Texan Live. Of course. So I was watching Texan Live. I was watching games all day. I, was watching, I watched the end of, uh, I watched Lone Star in Highland Park, which obviously we can talk about in a moment, but that's not what I want to talk about now. What I want to talk about is what happened in Converse. What happened at Rutledge Stadium. We previewed it on this show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We told you that Refurio and China was going to be a really good game. We did not expect it to be that kind of game. We didn't expect uh, the, the breaks to get cut with about two minutes left. We're on the premium podcast, so I can speak a little bit more freely. That is one that Shiner is going to take with them to their grave. Yeah, they're t- remember last year how he said if Longview doesn't win a state title, they're going to take it to their effing grave. Yeah, they won it. Well, I think Shiner's going to. They're going to take that one yeah. because because here's the thing: if Shiner had won that game, they're favored in the rest of their games. Yes, they're the favorite to win the title. Mm-hmm. They'll be fa- they'd be favored this week over Holland. They'd be favored probably over San Augustine. Let's say out of Region Three, and they'd be favored. I'll be probably slighter than you'd think over whoever comes out of Region 1 or Region 2, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, and they had that game won about six different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That game was over when they went up by two scores with two minutes left. That game was over when they recovered the onside kick. That game was over when they got the first down, to, that, that all they do was run out the clock. Okay, there's that. That game was also over even after they fumbled the ball and Refurio scores a touchdown, that game was over when they stopped the two-point conversion. The game was over. Yeah. They get the onside kick, they get the field goal, and they lose. And Unbelievable. And it's just, I mean, look, a ton of credit to Refurio. They executed. They, they executed down the stretch. You know, it's not like they didn't, ha- they didn't recover the ball. You know, they had, they had to move from midfield and score a touchdown yeah. and then move into field goal range the second time. So they had to make plays as well. Um, but, yeah, Shiners, that's, it's, it's, a ba- it's a tough way to lose. That is a tough way. I can't imagine how those seniors feel. I mean, I mean really bad. to have it go, go down like that, that is. This, this was their team. I'm, and Shiners going to be fine. They're going to be great again next but year. But this was the year they were This was for. the year they were supposed to win. Yeah. This, this is the year they, they were supposed they to win were the title. really loaded. And and what's funny, I would make an argument. And we'll probably we might talk about their team, their game, Refurio's next game. I, if if and and what's funny, you know it's you know it's a good a good game when I'll just tattle on him. So Mark Followell, the voice of the Mavericks, 
Absolutely. Yes. Um, Mark, Touchdown, Arthur Jefferson. Mark, 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 Mark Followell calls me on Saturday morning. He goes, <clears throat> I'm going to try to do my Mark Followell impression. Oh, gosh. Tepper, it's 7.30 a.m. here in Los Angeles, and I am calling you before I call my wife because, holy S, did you see Shiner and Refurio? <laughs> And I'm like, man, first of all, first of all, if you've ever doubted that Mark Falwell is in, in for the brand. Yes. He's in for the brand. He's the Mavericks play-by-play guy. And he called a World Cup game. Yeah, he's watching Shiner Refurio. And he was watching Shiner Refurio. hotel Refurio. in California. Um, that game was bananas. But we also lost three state champions. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise that Mason went down. Good win for Holland. Yeah. I think I might have picked Holland. Yeah, Holland was the favorite, but Holland twenty six to nothing is pretty thorough. It's impressive. That is a, that is a beatdown of a defending yeah. state champ. We knew that this wasn't Mason's year, but yeah. still notable. In the and then there's the step up of like not necessarily a surprise that they lost, but maybe that they lost this round was Newton. Newton loses to Dangerfield. Yeah. I thought they lose in the semis. Yeah, I had him losing the semis. But Dangerfield, Dangerfield is one of those teams. We had Davin Nelson on scoreboard. Dangerfield or Football Friday. They are such a high ceiling team. There's a lot of variance with Dangerfield. When they play well, also when they play well, they might be the best team in the state. Yeah, they give Canadian a run for their money. They are supremely talented. Yep. But it has just been there have been times that they have not been able to put it together. Yep, right. Yep, ebbs and flows. They were up twenty one nothing on Gunner and they coughed it up. Right. That's a perfect. That's a perfect encapsulation of what they are. They are good enough to run out t- on three scores on one of the best teams in the state. But then they gave it away at the end. But they put it all together, and now you want to talk about a blood rivalry in a regional final. Those two, they hate each other Th- so much. That is, that is something, I don't think people, I don't, and, and I don't think people know that. No, and I, people don't, probably don't know this. I don't think the coaching staffs care for each other all that much either. Okay. If we're keeping it real. That, Morris County, is that right? Morris County. Morris County. Yeah. It is going to be in flames on Friday. Yeah. Okay? It is because I think that's one of those team things that because I think because Dangerfield's been so consistently excellent, they're one of the most decorated programs in the in the state, right? Pewitt's got nothing to sneeze at. No, Pewitt's not bad either. But they're it, it's kind of rare that they're really good at the same time. Well, and it's and because for years and years and years, Dangerfield was in old three A and mm-hmm. Pewitt was in old two A. Mm-hmm. So Pewitt was always overshadowed. Mm-hmm. Pewitt would win state titles and no one would talk about it. Everybody wanted to know what Dangerfield was doing. As as once the steel mill closed in Dangerfield and the enrollment shrunk, it's made it now where Dangerfield and Pewitt are basically the same size, mm-hmm. and now they start playing each other. But they disdain is probably not strong enough. No, there there is hate. It's old East Texas hate. <sighs> yeah, it's um, be, yeah Mount Pleasant is going to be fun place to be Friday. It night. will be. Um, so, but then there is also Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Lone Star did the thing. They full credit. They did the thing. They beat that, Highland Park twice in the same year. They beat Highland Park, and I keep saying this: they beat Highland Park at home, and then they basically beat them at their satellite stadium. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I would love to calculate it, but I would bet that Highland Park has played at AT and T Stadium more than any team besides the Cowboys. Yeah, and they only lost there once before. Yeah, Poteet beat them once. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's. 
that's impressive. I mean, full credit to the Lone Star. I, I, I saw that and I was like, wow, that's that's incredible to beat Highland Park twice in one year. Yeah, is big 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 doings for Jeff Raymond's that squad. Is really really impressive. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now it's on to the regional finals. We are we are down to forty four games this week. Yeah. 40 11-man games, four six-man semifinals. We'll punch our first four tickets to AT&T Stadium this week. Uh, but we're going to do our draft. Uh, this is the final draft of the year, because next week we'll do all 20 games. Uh, wow, 20 games. Yeah. Oh, okay. We did it last year. I know, I know. Just, it's oh, you're just you're trying to pump up the I'm people. playing radio here. Okay, yeah, you're playing come radio. Come on. Okay, come on. I'll, I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out. So uh, we're going to do all 20 games next week. You're supposed to do it again. Oh. I'll edit this out, too. We'll do all 20 games next week. Wow, all 20? Yeah, all 20, Matt. Ooh, okay, let's we, go. Let's do it. But uh, first, we've got to get through the regional finals, and there are some bangers. In fact, we've got 15 rematches, which is... That's, inc- that's incredible. Shocking, yeah. I would say. Shows you the strengths of some of the districts. Including, Most of them are district rematches. I think there's a couple of non-district A couple of non-district Columbus, Columbus and Hallettsville, right? Columbus and Hallettsville, mm-hmm. Argyle, La Vega, um, and then uh, in the six-man ranks, Blum and Jonesboro is a rematch. The rest are district yeah, The rest are district rematches. That's impressive. But... Did the coin flip before the game or beforehand? You won the coin flip second consecutive week. You're on a heater. I'm rolling. You're on a heater. Matt Step, what is your first pick? Oh, by the way, I guess I should explain. If this is your first pod- for If this is your first podcast, I mean, like, welcome. Welcome. That's cool, but it's you've like... you missed, like, 15 weeks. You've missed a lot. But it's okay, because, again, this is when people check in. And I'm okay with it. As long as you're, as long as you're paying attention, mm-hmm. we're, we're, the bandwagon doors are always open. So you're happy to hop on the high school football bandwagon. In any case... Matt's, Matt and I will go back and forth selecting games we are most interested in. Um, Matt won the toss, so he gets to go first. We'll go back and forth five rounds. Normally, we have a hipster game of the week. There's only 44 games. Yeah. And so they're all great. There's no hipster games. Uh, your hipster game is McLean and Rankin. There you go. Okay, there you go. And so now, with pick 1-1, one, one, Matt Step, what is your selection? I'm going to go with what, we, what we're talking about. I'm going to go Paul Pewitt and Dangerfield. Are you really? Number one pick. And, and it's not number one pick just because it's a rematch of a district game. That was a great district ball game at Dangerfield, won by four. But because of the the, the blood hate oh. <laughs> between these two teams. I'm telling you, I can't stress enough how much fun this game is going to be and how um, chippy it's going to get. That's good. It's a good chippy. It's mm-hmm. going to be you know tough physical football. I, I think the the contrast in styles between these two teams makes it fascinating. You know where, where Dangerfield is is weak. Pewitt is really strong. Mm-hmm. Where Pewitt's weak, Dangerfield's really strong. So they, the 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 complement between these two teams is going to be really fascinating to watch. That's why I think it's going to be really high scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, Dangerfield has got loads and loads of talent at the skill spots. They've got elite skill position talent at all positions, but they're not very good up front. They're not very big up front. I think their running back is probably their biggest player. Mm-hmm. Like their offensive line and defensive lines are small. They're really quick, but they're really small. Where Pewitt, Pewitt's got good speed. Pewitt's not slow by any means, but they don't have Dangerfield speed. But where Pewitt has a big edge is up front on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Dangerfield's a spread team. Pewitt's basically running a slot T. Pewitt two weeks ago had five 100-yard rushers in their, in their playoff win two weeks That's ago. That's right. They had five 100-yard rushers. Pewitt is a team that will run, 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 and when they get tired, they're going to run some more. Mm-hmm. So that matchup is going to be really big, and, and I think it's going to come down to uh, – you know, which defense is going to be able to emerge and get stops, especially late in the game when, when the tide you – know, this is going to be a charged-up atmosphere. There's going to be a lot of emotion in this game. That emotion is going to wear off after about a – probably after about a half a quarter that it's going to kind of settle in. And then it's going to be, I think, which defense is going to be able to step up, make plays, get off the field in key situations. 
Dangerfield took the took the district meeting uh, forty two to thirty eight. I think you're going to see you know eighty. I'll be I'll be surprised if the total score of this game stays under eighty. Mm-hmm. Just because I think both offenses. Well, the first one was forty two thirty eight. Yeah, so I, I think you're going to see both offenses get rolling again. I, I think the matchups matchups just favor the offenses in this game. I like Pewitt partly because it's tough to these two teams are evenly matched. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. When, when, when you're that evenly matched, to do it twice in one year is tough. And I think Pew, I trust Pewitt's defense a little bit more. And then I think if they can get a stop, I just feel like their offense is just going to keep the ball and, and then take the air out of the ball, basically. If both of these teams play to their paper, Dangerfield wins. Yes. Okay. If, that's if, another thing. I wonder if Dangerfield, a little bit of a letdown after that maybe. big win over Newton. Newton. And now that was the thing was they were down and what they scored sixteen in the final frame or something like yeah, they that. Yeah, they were down. They were down uh, uh, twelve going into the mm-hmm. fourth, twenty six to twelve. And then they and then they rallied and ended up winning. Or twenty six to fourteen. Um, you're right. I mean, fourteen. Is there a letdown factor? Is there a? Because I know they had that Newton game. They really that that because Newton just embarrassed them yeah. last year. It's and a, I know it they were takes an emotional toll. Mm-hmm. What a job Davin Nelson has done. I mean, really, yeah. really impressive. Second year there, mm-hmm. he's done it. You know, he was an assistant there. He's from Tatum, mm-hmm. so he's familiar with the lay of the land. He's he's done a really good job. He's made some really savvy hires uh, on his staff. He's a younger head coach, but he's made some good hires on his staff. Danger, and he's got the he's got the community to believe in him, and I think they're all pulling in pulling in one direction now. And I and I think it's 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 working out for him. But you're exactly right. I mean the the, the headline here. I mean, I think the Hewitt's head coach Tristan Abrams only only in his second year as well. But so the thing two. about it though, let's not bury the lead. The the fireworks will be in the stands, okay? <laughs> the fireworks will be the scene because... It's going to be a scene. That is an atmosphere there. And how big is the Mount Pleasant Stadium? It holds 8,000. Okay. It is going to be... There are going to be 11,000 people at that game, okay? Yeah, it's a good-sized stadium. I, I would imagine they'll bring in some temporary bleachers for the bands mm-hmm. and the inside, That's which is just going to add to the atmosphere. It's going to be wild. Yeah, it's a nicer stadium. Yeah. Uh, Mount Pleasant's not stadium's not that old. It's maybe seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. It's a nicer place, and it's a good eight thousand is a good size for that 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 area. I think it'll be. I think it'll be full. There's a nice three A Division two appetizer for you. Very good. Thank I like you. it. Good pick. Good pick. I'm going to go to Waco, seven o'clock Friday night at McLean Stadium in Waco. As the Argyle Eagles take on the La Vega Pirates. We've seen this before. In a rematch of a Week 2 matchup where Argyle lost in... It's not that they beat La Vega, okay? They beat La Vega by two scores in Belmead, mm-hmm. okay? They went to La Vega and won. That is very, very impressive. And this was a game that even when, basically as soon as they got done playing, we said, there's a good chance we see this again. Because oh, yeah. we saw it twice last year. And last year, Argyle won the regular season matchup, and La Vega won the postseason matchup. La Vega won the one that counted on their way to a state championship game. Now, I think that when you look back at that game, one of the big reasons was, one of the big not issues, but one of the factors in that game was that the last year in the regular season game, LaVega did not have John Richards, and in two th- and in this year in the playoffs they did, mm-hmm. and that was a made, no- yeah. that was a noticeable difference. John Richards, the, what, what did we say last year? He's like a grown man with an office job. It was yeah, he's a grown a, man name yeah, exactly. I'm John Richards, and I am here to run the ball. 
Um, well, now it's like both those teams were at relative full strength back in the regular season matchup, in the non-district matchup. So if you're looking for something that's going to change, it's going to have to change, I think, by the fact that La Vega has gelled a little bit better. Yeah. At a lot of pieces, they're still working on a new quarterback in Landry Kinney that I think he settled in. I think they've got more of an offensive identity. And Elisha like, Cummings is, is really coming to his own. He really is. He's playing exceptionally well. La Vega got a big-time scare last week. Yes. They were down 20 to nothing. They, they dug themselves quite the hole. To Melissa. Melissa. Mm-hmm. This comes with a... They ended up winning 48-45. This comes... 45-42, rather. This comes with a small asterisk. A small asterisk. Which is... Um, like half their team got the flu? Yeah, so, I fa- so, so the flu bug ran through Salina the week before. Mm-hmm. And La Vega played Salina. So I'm wondering if some of the, during the game if some of the players got the flu bug playing Salina the week before. Wow. Found that little nugget out today. Yeah, but they were so Leve- they ended up surviving Mel- Melissa. Argyle, Argyle's been cruising along undefeated, and got a little bit of a scare against Stephenville in round two. They, they did, and the big reason and my big red flag for Argyle all year has been their defense. Okay, mm-hmm. is that their offense, Bohogaboom, and and the running game, even without Tito Bice, like their uh, Luke Ferris was great. This like I think Tito Bice may be out for the year. I he's, think he is. Yeah. But uh, Luke Ferris has stepped in and been great. And this is, to me, the question's going to be on the defense. And on both defenses. Because, look, La Vega's not in the business of giving up 49 points. Okay? He got 42 last week to Melissa mm. when they were ravaged by the flu. Yeah. Although that's against Brendan Lewis, who's pretty darn good. Yeah. And they gave, they, they gave a, big, a big number to Argyle earlier. 49. But here's, here's my thing about Argyle. Mm-hmm. We're in the trust tree. We are. Argyle seems to, a lot of the times, strike me as a team that peaks like in week three or four. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much better they get throughout the season. I think they, they, they're at their peak early in the year. And I think it's come back to bite them a few times in the playoffs against a team like La, like La Vega, mm-hmm. who does peak later in the year. I'm interested to see kind of how much, if La Vega's closed the gap or if Argyle's kind of bucked that trend and improved a little bit as the season's gone along. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell just from Argyle because they've been operating at such a high level all year. I don't know how much better they could be because, I mean, the times I've seen Argyle, they've been just flawless. Yes. So I do think Argyle's defensive line is a concern. They're not very big. They're, most of their size is on the offensive side yes. of the ball. So I'm a little concerned about the defensive line. I, I think <clears throat> if Argyle comes out to me, to me in in first two or three drives, scores touchdowns like they, like they did against La Vega the first game, mm-hmm. Might be a tough, tough game for La Vega. But if I come out and it's and it's like three minutes left in the first quarter and it's like seven nothing, like that's where that's they La Vega's to. game. They La Vega, La Vega has offensive weapons, but they are they they are not built to score in the forties. They scored in the forties last week because they had to. Yeah, they they are a team that wants to win a game 35-28, <laughs> maybe forty two thirty five. Anything more than about that, and they're going to be in trouble. They can't keep up. And now Argyle, they will. They want to go. They yeah. want to. They want Argyle, to run that score. Argyle, up. They'll score sixty on you, right. and Not think twice. So, fasting matchup. It's hard to beat a team twice. A really good investment. Really, when, two, uh, when two teams are this evenly matched. Yes, exactly. So, figures to be a lot of fun. It's um, going to be a big atmosphere at Baylor too. Big it's a big, atmosphere. It's a, what La Vega will show up for that game. Yes, they will. I, I did a playoff game one time at, at Baylor when La Vega played China Spring, and man, it was a jumping atmosphere. It was. So, what is your second pick, Matthew? All right, I'm going to go a little back, uh, kind of 
you know, I'll be kind of, you know, mainstream Matt. Oh, here comes bit. mainstream Matt. Yes. Uh, Saturday at 2.30 in McKinney, unbeaten South Lake Carroll takes on unbeaten Duncanville. Can I issue – I don't know if you know the ins and outs. I had a little bit of inside information uh, or some, some rumors about the negotiations on this um, – on, on where this game was being played. Really, Kenny ISD. I fig- I figured it was probably a little challenging because they're the, the the two head coaches. One in particular can be a little particular about. From what I understand, one coach continued to suggest stadiums, and the other coach continued to say no uh-huh. and not suggest another stadium. Yeah, and it just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I think there was a moment there where they were going to play at the Star, and one of the coaches did not want to play indoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another where they once played Allen Eagle Stadium, and for some reason the coach didn't want to play there. It was it. W- it apparently went on and on and on and on and on to the point that it finally got settled that they would play on a Saturday afternoon at McKinney. And McKinney's got a great stadium. Yeah, he's twelve thousand. Beautiful stadium. Probably they could probably fit a little bit more than twelve in their standing room. But there was. I think there's some gamesmanship going on. Oh, for between sure, the coaches. for sure. It's it's not un- you know it's not uncommon, but you know I'll, we'll say it. Coach Samples is a tough negotiator. He is a tough negotiator. He I I have literally sat in a press box with him and another head coach uh, during a no- negotiation, and it was pretty much like that. Mm-hmm. And the other coach was so exasperated, I thought there was going to be a fight. <laughs> it's just that's just par for the course. Mm-hmm. Um, coach Samples doesn't like he he does he's not he's not going to give an inch. Yes. And I think it's that um, chip on your shoulder. You know, Coach Samples came from DISD. Mm-hmm. They don't get a lot of respect, and I think that's just his way of kind of, you know, earning, earning, take, taking an inch mm-hmm. or two back mm-hmm. in his perspective. So, you know, it is what it is. They've come to an agreement. McKinney's a nice stadium. It will be a fun atmosphere. Allen probably would have been a little bit better because I think it could have accommodated the crowd a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it'll be a big atmosphere. They played at the Star last year. Yeah. It was fine. So, mm-hmm. McKinney's 12,000. It'll be fine. Um, so... Um, this game was a blowout last year. It was the coming out party. For yeah, Duncanville. it was the whoa. Duncanville's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. South Lake hasn't forgotten that, and that's Riley, Riley Dodge has only lost. Riley Dodge is twenty six and one as a head coach. It's pretty that's good. Solid. Pretty good. Um, that might be. In fact, <sighs> is that the is he is he have the best winning percentage of any coach in, in Texas? Brad Butler? Brad Butler. Him and he's twenty six. Tw- I think Brad Butler's actually a little bit better. Twenty eight. 28 and 1. He'd be 28 and 1 because they yeah. were 15 and 1. Now he's uh, 13. Yeah. 28 yeah. and 1. Yeah. Oh. So Tim and Brad Butler. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, this game, I think, is going to be a lot closer for several reasons. The main one being, I don't think Duncanville's quite as good as they were last year. I'm just going to go out and say it, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And here's why. Really? Here's, yes. Here's why. Here's what a coach told me. The difference in Duncanville's defense this year is at linebacker. They had a kid at linebacker last year, Anthony Cruz. He was an eraser. When when something didn't get blocked, if if something happened, Anthony Cruz was such a sure tackler and always in the right place. He made up for any any kind of mistakes that were made. They don't quite have that this year. And Anthony Cruz is not a Division One college football player, but he was a great high school. Football. I think he's at Langston now, mm-hmm. but he was a fantastic high school football player, and he was really the brains and the engine of that defense last year. Him, his graduate, they haven't quite replaced him yet. And I, they're not. I mean, we're in week fourteen. They haven't replaced him by now. They're not. They're going not going to replace to. him. I think they were kind of counting on Kendrick Blackshire to be that replacement mm-hmm. when he got hurt. I think that's kind of thrown things off a little bit. 
I think that's the biggest difference this year between the Duncanville defense last year and this year is Anthony Cruz at middle linebacker. See, what's so funny is that if you'd come to me and said, I don't think the Duncanville offense is as good as they were last year, I would have said, yeah, that's what I think. I watched watched a fair amount of that Martin game. And I got to tell you, a lot of that offense is, hey, Jaquindon Jackson, go go be awesome. Yeah, which he does. And he does because Jaquindon Jackson is one of the very best players in America. Yes. But I don't know that they have those explosive weapons outside of him no, that they had so. last year. I think it's him and him and at, at the at the outside receiver. I yeah. don't think they 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 do as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, and granted, the bar was set so high last right. year with Duncanville. We that, are picking nits. Yeah, that that. But I don't think they're quite as good as last year. On the other hand, I think Southlake's better this year. Mm-hmm. And here's why: Southlake Southlake last year on offense was was Hey T J McDaniel, please go do stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't really have much of an out, uh, outside passing game this year, or if we do, it's throw it up to R.J. Mickens and hope. They they got a passing game this year. Quinn Ewers and that receiving core, they've got dudes who can make plays on the outside. I think if Southlake's offensive line can protect Ewers, I think there are plays to be made in the secondary, especially if Chris Thompson, the Auburn commit, is out. He left that Martin game with an injury. His status is TBD. If he's out or less than 100%, that hurts the Duncanville secondary mm-hmm. as well. Now, the same token, I don't think Southlake's going to be able to run the ball quite as well. Their 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 freshman running back, uh, Owen Allen, I think is his name, really talented, but he's a freshman, mm-hmm. and he's going up against some full grown men in the Duncanville defense. Yes. So I don't know if Southlake's going to be able to run the ball quite as much, but I do think that the downfield passing game is going to be there. Duncanville's offense, though, with Jaquindon and Triston Smith, that they can hit Southlake's defensive weakness, which is the run. I think up the middle, I think I think Duncanville's offensive line is going to be able to do things, and I think Duncanville is going to be able to run the football. I think it's going to be a little more. I think it's going to be a little high scoring game. Um, I like Duncanville, but I think it's going to be like a forty two to twenty eight really? kind of game this year. I think it's going to be very. Entertaining. I think they're going to close the gap. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're going to close the gap. I think Duncanville still wins. I still think they win by two touchdowns, but I think they close the gap significantly. I think, and I think this is kind of the South Lake. South Lake's going to be, South Lake's here, y'all. They're yeah. going to be here for the next few years with a sophomore quarterback and a freshman running back. Mm-hmm. They're here. They're going to be a force to be dealt with the next couple of years. But I think Duncanville holds them off, wins like a 42-28 game. I like it. That's interesting because we, we, both, we both came to the same determination about Duncanville. Because here's, here's the issue with Duncanville, okay, is that we don't know. Because when's the last time they played a team in their weight class? That team from D.C.? I don't know how good that team is. I think Martin was kind of in their weight class. Martin. I think that was a flawed Martin team. Mm-hmm. But Martin, I think Martin was kind of in their weight class. But I think Southlake's a better team than Martin. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. And it's like, Duncanville is starting to strike me as one of those teams that, like, I'm not quite sure how good they are. And we're going to find out, like, at the time when they get punched in the mouth. Yeah, for sure. Like, for it's, sure. It's, it's one of those things. So, yeah. But think about that, the defense, the, the Cruz kid. If you watched Duncanville's film mm-hmm. last year, number 33 was all over the place. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, my second pick. Let's go to the most confusing name of a city that nobody knows where this place is. But let's go to Iowa Colony, okay? Yeah, I, I th- it is a city. I found that out. To Freedom Field. Yeah. To Iowa Colony. Guys, it's, it's, it's Alvin. Okay. Yeah, it's Southwest Houston. It's Southwest Houston. It's Alvin. Okay. As the Manville Mavericks take on the four pin Marshall Buffaloes in another rematch. One yes. of 15. Yes. Uh, we saw this game in week four. Uh, and Manville won a banger 
yeah. over Fort Marshall, 38-34, and did so in a way that was their that was their knocking, like kicking down the door and saying, "We back, baby." Yeah, I remember talking at coaching school to uh, their offensive coordinator at Manville. He thought they were a year away. He he goes, we're going to be a lot better this year. He goes, next year, watch out for us. Next 2020. Year. Yeah. And uh, watch out for Manville now, well, folks. Watch out for Manville now. Because yeah. Tucker Yarbrough's grown up in a hurry. Donovan Eaglin, that running back, went nuts last week against Barbers Hill. And that's a – now, Barbers Hill's defense is not amazing. They were a team that was built to outscore teams. Yeah. But they – Lit them up. Yeah, I mean, you saw that. You saw the it was twenty eight seven in the like the end of the first quarter, and we we're like, okay. It's you up. saw the machine get humming, yeah. and it was really impressive. Um, for Fort Bend Marshall, like they are who we knew they were going to be. Right? It's a lot of Devonta Chan, who is it's, just super dynamic. It's a lot of Devonta Chan. It's a lot. They have the last put, couple of weeks. They have. They have. He's put the cape on. They have put the freaking saddle on him yeah. and said, let's go, buddy. Yeah. <clears throat> and and he's been up to the task. Yeah. He's been great. Malik Hornsby is doing his thing. He's solid. <sighs> the I don't, passing game, I think, I don't been... think the passing, I was going to say, yeah. I don't think the passing game is quite up to where they want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as it was last year, I don't think. And so the question is, this was a great game in Fort in, in for Bend in week four. How much has changed? I will say I think the Fort Bend Marshall defense has gotten better. Yes, that was my concern going into the playoffs, and they they held a and consolidated twenty seven last week. Held Huntsville to fourteen, mm-hmm. and I think one of the, one of the touchdowns was on a Huntsville short field. So yeah. they've, they've been great the last couple of weeks. The defense has been excellent. Well, here's your big test, okay? Yeah, against a Manville offense that is humming. Manville defense is fine; it's it's okay, um, but they they don't like they're one of those teams that just like our offense takes care of what what we need it to be. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me. I think I don't know if I'm going on a limb here, but I went on a limb last week and I said that I think that the winner of Shannon Refurio wins the title, right? Two okay. division one. Right. I think the winner of this game plays for a title. Okay, I think they'll be favored over whoever comes out of region. They'll be favored. Cal Allen or Bernie. Champion. Yes, they will. Yeah. They'll be favored. Having now, seen Cal Allen and Bernie champion last week, they'll be favored. Now, Cal Allen provides a schematic challenge. Yes, but that would be a schematic challenge, not a talent's challenge. Yes, you know what I mean. So, what's interesting though. Let's zoom out, okay, into 5A Division II. Let, it, it, it would now be a legit, shocking thing if Alito did not play for a title. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. They are large favorites this week against Ennis. They will be large favorites over either Wichita Falls Rider or Lubbock Cooper. They will be big favorites, okay? Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. Will be a, it will be the biggest upset of the year if they did not play for a title. Yes. Okay? In fact, if you want to put your if you want to put your mortgage on one team to make a title at this point, title game at this point, yeah. it's probably the gap's pretty far. Yeah. yeah. If Marshall gets there, I think that it may be same song, different verse of what we saw last year because the way that Marshall plays, the reason Alito blew them out of the blew their doors off was not because of a, of of Jason McClellan. It was not because of JoJo Earl. It was not because of Jake Bishop. It was because of their offensive defensive lines. They were so dominant. Yeah, they were so dominant. Now the Alito offensive defensive lines are not as dominant as they were last year, but they are still a lot better in my opinion than Fort Pitt Marshall. Yes. Manville, I think, matches up a little better with Alito. Oh, for sure. For and sure. that would make for a more interesting matchup in my mind. Yeah, unfortunately, it'll be a state title game, but I, I think they're 
for me personally, if Marshall and Alito played, I'd be hard pressed to really get excited for that. I game. would be too. Because I feel like we've seen it. It was I not close be, last year. Yeah. It doesn't figure to be close again this Maybe year. it's a little closer, but I don't think it's competitive. Right. So if you, I mean, because the thing is, and again, we're, we'll, we'll get into more games here in a moment, but like it, well, I've been thinking about 5 Edition too. And let's pencil Alito in for the sake of argument. If you were to rank the teams that I think that are left on the other side of the bracket that could beat Alito, I think it would be Manville 1. Probably Cal Allen yeah, too. Because Cal Allen showed two years ago they can play with Alito. They can play with him. That yeah. they're not. That they're not. Because step one in in beating Alito is don't get killed in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cal Allen doesn't get killed in the trenches by basically anybody. No, no. You know? So and Cal Allen's style of play, I think, would lend to exactly. a more competitive game. So I agree. that's what makes this game so interesting. Is I am very interested in this matchup. And again, it's so hard to beat a team twice. But it's so funny that like styles make fights, and we can say that Thorpe and Marshall matches up really well with Manville, but they do not match up well with Alito, as opposed to Manville would match up better against both of those teams. Yeah, I which agree. is super. It's just mm-hmm. it's a it's a weird. You're right. It's, it's it's the classic styles make fights. Yes. What is your third pick, Matthew? I'll go back to Class Four A, where there's a lot of great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six o'clock Friday at Midlands Grande Communication Stadium, mm-hmm. the twelve and one Springtown Porcupines. Taking on the thirteen and zero Dumas Demons underrated match mascot matchup too Porcupines versus Demons yeah it's it's second underrated place. yeah it's, it's behind Pied Pipers and those guys exactly um, there's a lot of similarities between these two namely the school colors they're both black and orange uh, the head coaches have worked together they know each other quite well Brian Hewlett is a panhandle guy uh, he's from Spring Lake Earth he's coached at Pampa he knows mm-hmm. Aaron Dunham very well. The negotiations, I think, for this game were spirited. Uh, oh, is that right? There was some gamesmanship there. Yeah, it was a spirited negotiation. So they, that's why they kind of went to, to Midland versus uh, – Interesting. Know, yeah, it's kind of equally inconvenient for both. <laughs> um, tell you what, Dumas last week proved a lot of people wrong, including myself. That including was myself. A, that was a big win. In the, in the, did you see the pictures from that game, the Fog Bowl? Yes. That game was pretty awesome. Uh, Dumas comes out against Decatur in, in – and I remember seeing the score at the at the end of like late in the second quarter, and it was like fourteen to seven Decatur, and I was like, "Oh boy, Decatur's in for a fight." And that's the that's, kind of game Dumas wants to that, play. Dumas is like that's that is that is right up their alley. They, they, you want to get into a street fight, Dumas? Well, let's go. Um, and Dumas's defense made some plays down the stretch, but I thought the offense, which had really been not talked about much, broke out of its shell, uh, opened things up a little bit, and proved they were up to the task in that thirty eight thirty five win. And the Demons have a huge advantage over a lot of 4A teams because they have one of the best kickers in the state in Ali Yart. Um, they ended again, they by just, the way, it's ah, A-H space Lee, Lee L-E-E Yart. space Yart. Yeah. I got to read his name on, on uh, ah, Fox Sports Lee Southwest. It was awesome. Yart. Uh, what they, they, at the end of the game, what they did is they, they were so confident in Yart and his ability to make the game-winning field goal, they just took the air out of the ball at the end of the game and just said, we're not worried about scoring a touchdown. We're just going to take the air out of the ball march down the field, line position. it up, and then 35, 40 yards out, they were supremely confident in his ability. And he drilled the kick. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure, and he, he drilled it. They get to take on Springtown this week, a team that lost to Decatur, but is equally as dangerous offensively as Decatur. Spring, in a different way, too. In different ways, but very, very dangerous. I think the ways that they're dangerous, Springtown will run the ball on you. And that's where Dumas, Dumas is very good. Their front seven is really, really good. Um Springtown last week raced out to a 49-6 to halftime lead on Andrews. That's a good Andrews team. And they drilled them 63-20. to Now, they blocked the punt. They had two interceptions and recovered four fumbles in the first half. Three muffed punts. Well, well, they recovered three muffed punts and a fumble in the yes. first half. 
six turnovers in the first half that Springtown got. So you can see why they were – but credit Springtown. They made, they made the plays. Their defense was, was opportunistic, and they made the plays, and they capitalized on it. I don't think Dumas is going to make those kind of mistakes. I think this game is going to go one of two ways. Springtown gets up by two scores early on. If they race out to a big lead early on, that gets Dumas kind of out of their comfort zone and gets them playing a game they don't want to play. Mm-hmm. But if this game is tied or a one-score game at the end of a first quarter and it's like 7 nothing, 7-7, it's that kind of lower-scoring game, that's Dumas's game, and it's going to be a four-quarter game, and I kind of like the Demons' chances in this game. I, I do too, and, and that's what's interesting is Dumas – if Dumas ever gets down, I'd say ever, but they ever get down by two scores or like it's tough on or them. like seventeen points. Yeah. There's a lot of teams in the state that seventeen points is like whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like for example, if Springtown got down seventeen points, I'd be like, okay, well it's fine. They can still come back in yeah. this one. Dumas isn't built that way because it's not the game they want to play. No, because if they're down seventeen, it forces them to up the tempo and play a game they don't want to play. Mm-hmm. I think they want to keep it you know close to the vest and kind of make Springtown kind of play their kind of game. So I think it impacts the game planning a little bit here because I think Brian Hewlett knows that. Mm-hmm. So I think early on, especially in the first quarter, it's going to impact his play calling. He might be more apt to go for it on fourth down. You might see some early trick plays. You might, you know, you just never know because I think Springtown knows they need to jump out on Dumas early and kind of take their will to fight early. Yeah. So I think, I think the very the first ten to twelve minutes, first quarter or so of this game would be super interesting to watch. To see how Springtown approaches this game. Yeah, this is the kind of this is the kind of game where even things like the coin flip, that if Dumas wins the coin flip, I bet they take the ball. Yeah, and, and I, I bet they try to go on an eight minute drive. And I think Springtown, if they win the coin flip, they're not going to defer. They no, want the ball. They want they, the ball. they want the ball first too. Exactly. So I think most because you, know, you see a lot more people defer now. Mm-hmm. Where I, I think in this case, I think Springtown, if they win the toss, they're not def- most they of the time the they do defer. Yeah, they're, they want the ball. They're going to want to jump out to a quick start and, and, and put Dumas on the back foot. I'm very interested in that one. My third pick. I hate to pick two t- two games from the same bracket because there are ten brackets, twelve brackets, including the six men. But I'm going back to three A Division two, and I'm going to Region one. Okay. Seven o'clock Friday at Buffalo Stadium in Canyon, not Kimbrough. Yes, Buffalo Stadium. Buffalo Stadium in Canyon. The, the new 12, West Texas Stadium. The twelve and one Abernathy Antelopes take on the thirteen and zero Canadian Wildcats, and I am really interested in this game for obvious reasons and not obvious reasons. The obvious reasons is I want to see Bryson Daly and Grant McCook just do just go back. I want them to just do do silly football things. I want them to go and be awesome. Bryson Daly for Abernathy has been. Terrific. He's been as advertised. Graham McCook, we had big questions coming into the year about the Canadian offense, and he has stepped in in a big way and said, no, nah, we're good. Don't he's worry about he's answered those, hasn't he? He has answered those questions very, very well. That's the obvious one. The not obvious one is that very quietly, both these defenses are really good. Yes. That because everyone pays attention to the offenses and because of the offensive superstars on these teams, you've got this these defenses that fly under the radar canadian has the ketting brothers back there jack and bill ketting abernathy has avery clarkson dante flores their defense has been really good and really opportunistic they turn the ball over a lot they turn you over yeah but in both teams last week so do you, you get this weird stat that um i put it in the preview much sure. uh, abernathy was up 21 nothing last week before frioni even touched the football 
Is that right? Aberdeen took, took the opening kick and scored. Mm-hmm. Then they did a pooch kick and recovered. it took a took a weird bounce and they recovered it and scored. And then they did like a line drive kick and it like bounced off a Friona player's helmet <laughs> into a oh into a Aberdeen player's arms and they scored again. How defeating is that to be down twenty one nothing before you before, you haven't even run one play? Oh my god! Then Canadian raced out to a, it was forty one nothing on Cisco yeah. at halftime. Yeah, Cisco. I know that's a good team. Yeah, they ran their coach out too. Yeah. Um, that's not true. I, no, I, that's that's me. That's not why Brett West. Brett West, I think, was was planning this for a while. Yeah. But it just it was just kind of funny that you mentioned that. Anyway, what I'm really interested in is to quote the philosopher Ron Washington. You never know what them booty holes going to do. Mm. Wise words. So, Canadian has not played a game within 14 points. Okay? 14 points was their closest game. That was against Sinet West Texas. And again, oh, by the way, a win that aged well. Yes, they aged well. Yes. They won by 14. Abernathy did lose a game. It was to post, mm-hmm. aged well. Asterisk by that one, too. And, and that was weather shortened. Yes. That game ended... Three Mid, minutes into the third yeah, quarter or something yeah. like that? Yeah, 14 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Weather shortened. That, what happens? I do not think that either of these teams are going to get blown out. That's a hot take. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a blow. I don't think this is a blowout. I think one of, I think this game's going to be close into the fourth quarter. What do them booty holes do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. neither of teams, for all the experiences that these the teams old, have, old pucker factor. Who puckers? Yeah. Because n- these teams don't have. They have they have played a lot of low, um, low stakes. They have played a lot of garbage time football this year. Yeah, their games okay? been, pretty much all their games have been over with a halftime. Yes, yeah. There has been a lot of of games that have that have been blowouts that they've been able to get their twos in stuff like that. This will not be that game. Mm. So when this game gets close, like what happens then? That's what I'm very interested in. They, so they have rec- they played. Two years ago in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and I think Canadian just destroyed them. It was like sixty-two to seven or something. It was a, I think it was, I think it was Bryson Daly's sophomore year. Mm-hmm. They played, I think, in this round or the third round, and Canadian just annihilated them. Mm-hmm. I think Abernathy's wanted another shot at Canadian. I think so too. And so this is their this is their shot here. And by the way, I mean, now we got Gunner and Holiday in the other one. I think Gunner's probably your favorite there. They've already beaten Holiday. It's another rematch. Although Holiday's playing good ball these days too. And the winner of, of Canadian Abernathy is going to be the favorite. I think you're right. Yeah, I think the winner semifinal. of this game is the favorite. Yeah. So that's my third pick. What is your th- third pick, Matthew? I'm going to kind of stay in that general part of the world. And I'm going to take you out to Sweetwater on Friday night. Mm. Please do. Battle of Unbeatens. As the bold gold, the 13-0 and post-antelopes, take on the Holly Bearcats at 13-0, and masters of the Beef Master formation. In Wait, what? The Beef Master formation. Holly doesn't really kick PATs. They Holly's offensive line is massive. It's like average is like two fifty, which at two A level two A is enormous. Yeah. Might as well be four hundred. So what they do is on, on conversions is it's Colton Marshall, their star running back, mm-hmm. who's two hundred pounds on his own. They get in like this single wing formation with Colton Marshall, and they bring in like two or three extra offensive linemen and just snap it to him and say, "Go get us three yards." And they call it the Beef Master for yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Evan Wren did a nice. Our buddy Evan Wren, the big country. I need prep, to change my pick. Did a. Uh, Today, um, I was I was unaware of this. Yes, I need to change my pick. the beef master formation. <laughs> but here's the thing, Post is pretty big up front too. They match yes. up with Holly. Post uh, Post offensive and defensive lines are really really good, and the difference in this one I think is Post has a lot of team speed at the skill spots. 
that Holly doesn't quite have. So I, that's where Post has the big edge in this game. And I'll tell you what, Post beat West Texas 48-14. to that was that's as impressive a win last week that's not talked about very much. Mm-hmm. West Stinnett, West Texas was really good and really they were scoring fifty they or sixty were, yes. points. The, the the forty-eight is not impressive to me. The fourteen is yes. jaw dropping. That's really, really good. Um Ashton Jefferson, uh two hundred and nine yards, three touchdowns rushing last week. Tatum Thetford, the quarterback for post. They've they've opened up the offense a little bit, and Tatum Thetford has thrown the ball really well and done a good job. Um and you know, Holly last week. They they needed that beef master formation against Sundown last week because they went for two at the end and won twenty two to twenty one, and they you know Colton Marshall who ran for three hundred and four yards and a touchdown was kind of the um, the catalyst of that of that uh, Holly comeback because they were down late against Post District rival in Sundown. Post I think it, I, I think Post defense is good enough and big enough to where they're gonna they're gonna slow Colton Marshall down and they're gonna make someone else other than Colton Marshall beat them. Yeah, kind of similar to what Lampas. So Lampas has played Needville, and Lampas is like Ashton Stradek. You're going to get a few yards, but you're not going to beat us. They made someone else beat them. I think you're going to see kind of the similar strategy from Post. They're going to make someone other than Colton Marshall beat them. But it's a really fascinating matchup, and uh, I think the the Mustang Bowl is going to be uh, a fun place to be Friday night. I like it, I, and, yes. and worthy of the Mustang Bowl. Worthy, of absolutely the Mustang Bowl. A, a historic venue like that, and I know. Go to Big Boy Bar. Now you'll be looking at uh, the Beefmaster formation. Oh, the Beefmaster formation, so yes. good. All right, my fourth pick. This is a little bit off the board. All right, I think because I think because it's kind of fait accompli that they are not winning next week. Whoever wins this game, but let's go to five A Division One Region Four, where. All year, we've been talking about how it's just it's San Antonio Wagner and just pencil them into a semifinal, right? Just been like like what they did last year. They just run through the run through everybody, get there. Well, here, this game is where is this? Game? It's at Buck. It's at Buck. It's in, in Corpus, Corpus Christi. That's a road trip for Wagner. That's going to be a hostile environment. Seven o'clock, seven thirty p.m. Friday night at Buccaneer Stadium in Corpus Christi, as. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, the fourth place team mm-hmm. in their own district, yeah. takes on the reigning Region 4 champion, San Antonio Wagner. And San Antonio Wagner is, I am officially concerned about one aspect of it. I am not concerned about their offense. No. That offense continues to be a flamethrower. Yes. Okay? LJ Butler is awesome. He's I saw him last week. He's a freak show. He is he's D, he's a D, he's a division 1 running back. He's awesome. And they run that flexbone yep. offense where it's hard to game plan for and it's just like they and they're so they're so beefy up front and correct me if I'm wrong, but this team plays with an attitude offensively. They they do. They have some swag. They chirp a little bit. They chirp a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes a little too much for my liking, but uh they do like to chirp. They yeah. chirp. Okay, yeah. they have been running through Region Four. They uh, their one loss on the year is to Judson. Yes, Judson, six A. It's fine. It's a good loss. This is a really they've been rolling right. No reason to doubt them. Except last week, two last two weeks, last two weeks they've been pushed the last two weeks. Their defense has been um, poor. I think it's just plain and simple. It's the defense has not looked good. Mm-mm. They did not look good two weeks ago when they played Flower Bluff. Flower Bluff. They had to hang on for dear life in that game. 
And then last week against San Antonio Harlan, yeah. Cannon Williams lit them up. Yes, I was at that game, and Harlan was like, we are going to go four wide, and we are going to throw, throw, and throw, and make you stop us. And so, here is the interesting aspect, because here comes Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. And, first of all, I think there's something to be said. Uh, Cody Is Cody Semper the coach there? Yeah, Cody Semper. Cody Semper. I would love to know, when they went into their playoff opener, what his message was. Because I wonder if it was just like, guys, house money. Like, whatever. We're the fourth place team. We're going to be the underdog in every game we play. They went down to Mission Vets and drilled. Drilled Mission Mission Vets. Vets. Uh A good Mission Vets team. Yeah. Drilled them. And they've been unstoppable ever since. Carter Centerfit, their quarterback, has been excellent. And that is why Vets is beating Wagner. That's an upset okay. pick right there. I'm making the call. There you go. Yeah, that's a yeah. The upset alert. Vets is, is good in close games too. They 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 uh, beat uh, San Antonio Vets in a close game, and they beat Miller last week in a close game. They they know how to win these close games. They are, and they're at home, mm-hmm. or well, home ish. They're Buck, which you know that's their home state. Yeah. I, I think they play most of their games. At Do Buck. they play at yeah. Buck? Yeah, they're at home. Wagner. And, and and for all for as good as Harlan is, right? And Harlan's a good squad, right? They could score. Right now, the way that Vets is scoring, like I just don't think they can slow. I don't. I don't know if Wagner can slow down Vets. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be super pointsy. I think this game's gonna be in the fifties, easy. Yeah. Okay. I, I wonder how Wagner. You know this this year is the first. You know they, I don't think they've traveled outside of sixteen oh four all year. I think they've been inside Look in the this. San Antonio area all year. This is. You know, last year I think the one road trip they took was to uh, was to Houston when they lost to Shadow Creek, mm-hmm. and they're having to go on the road again this this week and play. Pull up their schedule. So, I don't know if they've left they've left the uh, area. Wagner's games were because their district's nine. Uh, they played. They, they went to Laredo to play United South. Okay, okay. So they did. They okay. went to Laredo. They went to Laredo this year. But okay. past that, it's Judson at home. And then all San Antonio. Or I'm sorry, it, at at Judson. Yeah. But then they it's all San Antonio. And then they played at Rutledge, Alamo, Alamo Dome, and now on the road. Yeah. So they have not traveled since week one. Yeah. Okay, they have not. Tra- is December? They have not traveled since August. Yeah. Outside of San Antonio, long road trip, annoying road trip. I'm putting on. I'm putting the call. Okay, there you go. I think. I think we're gonna have a four seed in a semifinal. I think Be that's awesome. I think that's, now here's the thing. I don't think a Corpus Christi school has made the state a Corpus Christi ISD school has made the yeah. state semi since like the '60s. Cause Cal Allen is Cal Allen ISD. Yeah, I think it's been the, since like the, since Miller or Ray. I think they did it like in the early now, '60s. Now again, like we mentioned, uh, all first of all, let me, let me just make a call. Let me ask you: You're not planning on taking Maynard and Shadow Creek with your fifth pick, are you? No. Okay. Let's give a moment, and let's say. Shout out to Jimmy Mitchell and the Maynard Mustangs. Yep. Okay. Ish- Ishmael Johnson has been. He was just, he's going. Been a, he's he's been on a cloud cloud all day. He has had his pom poms out. He's had that little pennant. He's been waving yeah. around the uh-huh. Mustangs pennant. He's been so excited. Um, he, was, he was wearing his Maynard helmet when I walked in. It the was office. amazing. Yeah. Uh, Shadow Creek's going to win that game. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Ish. Sorry. Shadow Creek's going to win that game, and then Shadow Creek's probably going to beat whoever wins this game. But fascinating matchup. Regional title though. Regional title. Flags fly forever. And I am very interested in this one. You I think some, you want some Ish non-disclosure. I asked Ish what what he would do if Maynard won, and he goes, "I'd probably leave and go to the Riverwalk and party." I was like, <laughs> "Do it, Ish. 
Maynard, if Maynard beats Shadow Creek, you Ex- go down. Excused you, absence. You are. You go have fun That's on the river. Exactly right. It should be floating in the river like the coaches do at coaching school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your fifth and final pick? Your last draft pick of the year. Yes, I'm going to go mainstream once again. Mainstream, mainstream step. Yeah, mainstream Matt. Uh, Saturday, 4 o'clock at the Alamo Dome, a game that I'm going to be at. I can't believe this is the fifth pick. Lake Travis and Judson. <laughs> That's how good of a week it is, folks. Lake Travis and Judson is the fifth pick. And I think the million-dollar question in this game is, is Lake Travis living rent-free in Judson's head? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Late Travis has had Judson's number in the playoffs. Last year was a last last year late Travis was ripe for the picking. And Judson mistakes, penalties, a refusal to not single cover Garrett Wilson. <laughs> just just how? Yeah, I don't know. But they they just decided, you know what? We're going to go one-on-one with Garrett Wilson and that did not work out well. Um and just pe- like penalties, yeah, that just penalties they, and stupid stuff. Like Lake Travis was better than Judson last year. But they didn't need to be because Judson beat themselves last year. Yes. This year, Judson's got a new coach. I saw him last week. And for the most part, they played a pretty clean game against Laredo United. Now, it's Laredo United, mm-hmm. and Judson was up 21 nothing before the blink of an eye, and it was over. It's not going to be the case this week. Late Travis is going to – they're going to push him. They're going to be right there with him. How does Judson maintain their composure when things don't go well? Because there will be points in the game when things don't go well. How do the Rockets react? This is where I think Rodney Williams, this is where we see kind of is this a different Judson or not. Mm-hmm. Is this the same old Judson that underachieves and that just can't get it done, or is this a new day for the Rockets? Because late Travis, let me tell you, they're they're vulnerable. You know, Hudson Card is has been out. Even if he plays this week, there's no way he's number one 100% and no way he's sharp. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure he plays quarterback even if he does play. He may move, He may go back and play receiver this game. This this is Mike Chandler is a excellent quarterback. DeAnthony Lewis is a big time running back. On paper, I think Judson can win this game, but it's it's the mental stuff. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the intangibles in this game. Does Hank Carter and Lake Travis outcoach Judson? Does Lake Travis maintain their composure? Does Judson lose their composure? Does Judson put the ball on the ground? Does Judson? In end a half on the one. Remember like, and then the yes. end of the first half against Lake Travis on the one yard line. God didn't, didn't kick a field mighty. goal. Ugh. Clock management. It's stuff like that. I think that's going to set the difference in this game. I think Judson feels good about it. I think they've got some. They've got some energy. I, I think. Th- th- but they had this last year. We felt like they had a chance to get it Lake Travis last right. year. It's 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 the mental stuff. You're right. It's the mental stuff. The other thing about this is. I don't think this is the Lake Travis of old, especially this, this is a, without a hundred percent Hudson Carter. This is a this is a a wounded Lake Travis yes. team. This thing, Lake McCree has been at all. This yeah. is a Lake Travis. This is not vintage Lake no. Travis. This is a beatable Lake Travis team. They're ripe for the picking. But does Judson have the have the the mental fortitude to to get it done? Right. Can they play a semi clean game and not? hand the game to Lake Travis on a silver platter like, like they did last right. year. And I know Judson being all the refs. No, no. No. It went Judson the, was a heavily penalized. Judson averaged 12 penalties a game last year. Yeah. They had 15 against Lake Travis. That's a normal game for Judson. 15 mm-hmm. penalties. And it's 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 the pre- it's the it's the illegal procedures that are that are the killers. It's the those kind of things that 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 just five yards nickel and diamond here in, at inopportune times. 
where they have like Travis in a third and nine, and now all of a sudden they do something stupid and it's third and four. Mm-hmm. Or they have a they have a third and two, and now they make it a third and seven because they get a procedure penalty. They got to play clean. I think they can beat Lake Travis. I ain't picking them to beat Lake Travis because I ain't picking them to beat Lake Travis until they, until they do it. You don't pick in streak. No, but I do think it's it, it's there if they can take it. They got to play clean, but yeah. it's it's a, the the mental it's the intangibles right. in this. The intangibles are huge in this game. I think you're right, and I think that what's going to be interesting is I want to see what they do with Mike Chandler and how they how they how they utilize him. Um, I think he needs. To, I think I think they're going to ask him to run a lot. Yeah, in that game. he he, move, he moves around he well, does. and I think he and I, I you know he now he made a, it was against Laredo United. But there was a couple of times where he made some throws like across his body against the grain back back into the middle of the field. They're not going to work. With Laredo United, it's an incomplete pass. Against Lake Travis, it's an interception. Yeah, can't do stuff like that. Right, that's fascinating. Um, I'm going to go more mainstream for my fifth pick as well. All right, and. I could take – it's amazing we're not going to take North Shore and Atascacita because Atascacita is really good, but it just feels like North Shore maybe reestablished themselves as – That was pretty impressive last That week. was – that, I mean, that was, it's amazing what happens when they, like, take the governor off of that engine yeah. on that offense. Yeah. And they just say, nope, let's rev this thing up. Mm-hmm. Let's see how fast we can go. And they looked really good. Now I'm going – Where's this game? 11 a.m. Saturday at the Star, the Star. Frisco. Oh, this is a fascinating matchup. I was gonna, I was thinking about picking this game as Denton Geyer takes on Amarillo, the reigning regional champion Amarillo Tascosa Rebels. Okay, I saw Geyer last week. Got to see him in person. I went out to the Star, see him play Arlington. Arlington. Took a picture of a wild Ashley Pickle. I did. She was there. Um, Arlington was um, just overmanned. Outmanned yeah. in that game. In the trenches especially, weren't they? They got beat up in the trenches. And um, also, they lost their quarterback, so they moved Jahari Rogers back to quarterback. And they had a little bit of success, but then it was it was very clear he was not sharp. It was like, oh, he has not been practicing quarterback for a while. Yeah. Weird thing, huh? Yeah. So, I saw Geyer. Um, their quarterback's legit. That quarterback is pretty darn good. Eli Stowers is... Really talented. And he has really good feel for the game. He does. He is a guy who if you were to if you were to just watch him, you'd say that's a third that's a three year starting senior. And instead he's like he's a you know, second year starting mm-hmm. junior. Like he plays beyond his He's got a lot of poise. Yes. He he's really not is. gonna force the issue. Mm-hmm. He's gonna you, you know, he's not going to push the ball downfield and throw in a double coverage. He'll take the check down pass. Kadrick Cobbs had a big game. He he, he is the angriest the, runner. <laughs> he 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 runs like somebody stole something from yes, him. Yes, and he's um, going to make you pay. He does. Okay. Talent-wise, you look at this, this is a no contest from a, from a talent perspective. No contest. Mm-hmm. The blue chippers all play for Geyer. We didn't even mention Deuce Harmon. Who is an outstanding defender? They have they are loaded. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Tascosa has one Division One player commit right now yes. on the team. That's LB Moore, LB Moore, the, the line, outside linebacker at Texas Tech. Yes. Okay. Overmatched. Let's talk about the Rebels' offense. That's the great equalizer. Which is su- the word is chore. Okay. Are you so, plunk hive yet? I am plunk hive. Yeah. The Tascosa offense, they run the flexbone offense. Yes. Okay? And they have a – is Joseph Plunk a three-year starter, two-year – at least two-year. He's a two-year starter. Two-year starter. Yeah. J- 
Joseph Plunk is in complete command of this offense, and nobody knows how to stop it. Nobody. No, no one stopped it. Nobody. It's, it's uh, uh, Lee, I think, had the most success. And Amarillo High. But those are teams that play Tascosa every yes. year. Yes. Here is and, and, and it was like last week. I was talking about the Tascosa-Marcus game. And I said, man, this Marcus offense is flying high. But the biggest thing is, the big difference, and the reason I took Tascosa is... Marcus, ha- I'm sorry, Tascosa has definitely seen an offense like Marcus's. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, that's a good offense. Yeah. Gary Nussmeyer's a great quarterback. But Marcus hasn't seen anything close to mm-hmm. what Tascosa does. We both picked Tascosa last yes. week, and people in the Metroplex were like, really? And yeah. yes. Yeah. Tascosa's really good. Because that offense is humming. And if that defense is going to continue to play- make plays, watch yeah. out. Okay. Geyer's your favorite. I want to be extremely clear about that, okay? Geyer's the favorite. But. Stopping Tascosa is a pain in the ass. Yes. So I texted John Walsh on uh, yesterday, and I said, hey, Coach Walsh, I said, are you, ha- are you having fun uh, preparing for that Tascosa offense? And he goes, it's a pain in the ass. Plunk is a wizard. He is. He is. He is so Joseph Plunk. Yeah. Uh, the, He's very complimentary. He, he called him yes. a wizard. He that he knows that offense so well. The son of Ken Plunk. It's the, the yeah. coach's kid. It's the coach's kid, and which is even more dangerous. is so good at running that offense and they just like suddenly you look up and it's like do you know what it is I'm trying to think there was a there's a, a it, it was kind of like liberty hill last year right where they run the slot t and they were not the most talented team in the state but they had freaking operators on that offense and they were running that off there and they were operating at such a high level of where it's efficiency. like you are handing the ball off and you don't know where the ball is until it's seven yards downfield yeah that's how it is. Their offensive line is really good. This is, like, I'm telling you, do not be surprised if this game is 48-45 in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. okay? Because I think this game's going to be pointsy. I don't think either team's slowing the other team down. No. Geyer's offensive line is, is really good, and their yes. offense is really good. I think the, the, the key to stopping Tascosa is Geyer's defensive tackles have got to dis- be disruptive. Yes. And throw the timing off. And I think they've got to make – Plunk is really good at reading the the defense, and that's why he, he runs that offense so well. He he, he does those those plays aren't called. No, he, they're not calling pitch or keep. They're or you know dive. They're they're Plunk is reading it the whole way. Right. They've got to try to confuse Plunk with their looks and try to and I think make him give the ball up. Mm-hmm. I think if they're gonna they're gonna lose, it's gonna be somebody else is gonna have to beat them. This is this is a perfect example of like when you can like anybody who's just like blindly picking DFW over over like the West Texas teams, like, this is the moment where you'll find out if they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Because this is a good Tascosa yeah. team. I picked Geyer, but I don't feel great about no. it. No. I think it would not be a surprise. I don't feel and great. by the way, so 6A Division Two, we were talking about this. We were talking about when, when Longview lost, one of the things we lost was the Longview crowd, mm-hmm. which kind of stinks, right? Because that was a big, fun, rowdy crowd. You start looking on the left side of that bracket, okay? Um, Spring Westfield... I don't know. They travel well. They're not going to travel no, well. No, no. Jesuit. It's a private school. They private might bring school. a decent crowd. I don't know. Probably not. That would be a real surprise if they, yeah. you know. Geyer, okay, they bring a decent crowd. Yeah. They brought a decent crowd back in the Gerard Heard days. Mm-hmm. They had a good crowd against Arlington, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, they did. They, they did. Tascosa? They bring a good crowd. West Texas crowd. They'll bring a, a great crowd. They brought a great crowd to, long, to AT&T last year. They played Longview. Right. They would bring the whole panhandle, okay? Yeah. That is... I'm 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 very interested in that. And by the way, 
I'm just telling you guys, Stowers is the best player on the field, period. Okay, Kendrick Cobbs might be the second best player on the field. Yeah. Deuce Harmon might be the third. Deuce Harmon might be the third best player on the field. But, but a schematic advantage belongs to Tascosa. Mm-hmm. Should make this. Fun would game. you like a fun fact? Of course I would. You, and you know this, you can answer it. How many passing yards does Tascosa have in their three playoff games? Is it greater than one? No. Is it less than one? Yes. It's zero. <laughs> Tascosa has not. Has zero. Pa- they've not completed a pass. They've only only attempted like five passes in the whole playoffs, and I think one of them was intercepted last week, the end of the half. But they have zero passing yards in the playoffs. That shows you how efficient their offense is. They're scoring forty points, and they're not throwing the ball. They don't have the. They don't even have the the inclination of throwing the ball. Right. And they're scoring forty points a game. It's a fun. It's a fun game. If you like. High school. If you just like high school football, go to the Star on Saturday yeah. at 11 a.m. That'll be a fun matchup of cross-regional teams. So, there's the draft. Uh, Step took Dangerfield, Paul Pewitt, South Lake Carroll, Duncanville, Springtown, Dumas, Post Holly, and Lake Travis, Converse Judson. I took Argyle, La Vega, Manville, Fort Bend, Marshall, Abernathy, Canadian, San Antonio, Wagner, Corpus Christi, Vets, and Denton Geyer, Amarillo, Tescosa. Where are you going this week, Matthew? Well, there's no Thursday games this week that I can go to. I, I, there's a game in San Antonio, but I got work stuff and I can't make it, but... You know, we'll be watching online for sure. We'll be watch- well, I'll be keeping an eye on that game. Uh, yeah, tonight. the Refurio Holland game. Yeah, so we'll be keeping an eye on that game. By the way, you want to put on wax what you told me about that game? Yeah, I'm taking Holland. Holland beats Refurio this week. There you go. Put it down. Holland beat Mart by two touchdowns. That's my that's my logic. Holland beat Mart by two touchdowns. It's a legit team. Okay. Holland over Refurio. Uh, Friday, uh, excuse, Saturday, uh, Friday, I'm going to Sulphur Springs. Right here, they have a lovely press box spread mm. as Prim Stadium, as the Pottsboro Cardinals take unbeaten on, Pottsboro Cardinals. Yes, take on the uh, Gladewater Bears, who are healthy and humming along. I just want to point out that on the upset watch on TexasFootball.com, I called Pottsboro over Malakoff, and so um, you can uh, Venmo me at Greg Tupper. That's right. And I think Friday after I'm off on Friday. I think I may uh, come by and do mailbag Friday. Yeah, do Woo! a little regional final mailbag. And then I'll head out to Sulphur Springs after mailbag. Um, and then Saturday, I am catching a plane on Southwest. Southwest, you can still sponsor this podcast, but Greg, Greg Terper and I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, we will take free flights. Uh, Saturday, I am headed down to San Antonio where Ish will be. Ish is going down there Friday to watch Brandeis and Westlake. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, the triple header. Uh, Shadow Creek and Maynard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judson and Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. And Cal Allen and Bernie Champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Danaher says hi. I talked to him for uh, Saturday. He does not say hi. I, he he asked how you were doing. He, he did. did not. Yes, he did. He goes. He goes. Well, he f- first he asked where you were, <laughs> and I said you were doing the show, and then he uh, he 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 uh, which which incorrect vowel did he use? He called you Greg Topper though. Sure. It's it's usually e e no e is the correct vowel. It's i a or o. Yeah, it, I've heard him call you Greg Topper, Greg Tipper, and Greg Tupper. I've not heard him call you Greg Tapper yet. But I'm waiting for it. Uh-huh. But he just said Greg this time. Good. This so, uh, yeah. Thanks, so, Coach. Yeah. So we'll get to hang out with Coach Danaher and watch Cal Allen take on Bernie Champion, and I'll get to hear Coach Danaher tell me how they're going to lose again this week. You got to see their. Um, you got to see the machine in, in action, the Cal Allen machine. Yeah. So I'm against uh, Brenham, and uh, they jumped out 21 to three, and we thought all oh, this, this, you know, here comes the meat grinder, mm-hmm. and Brenham scored. It was 21 10, and then Cal Allen decided to do this crazy thing and throw a pass, and it got intercepted. And Brennan scored a touchdown. It was 21-17 at the half. And, and then was Brenham, the last pass Cal Allen ever threw. Pretty much. And then Brennan scored, right, to start the second half. And it was me and Isher, and it's 24-21. And we're like, what the heck? And then Cal Allen 
Carolina got the offense humming in the second half and looked really good. It, it, it was vintage Carolina. That that offense. What I love about that offense is those three yard gains in the first half. Those same plays, oh, yeah. just because of the way they go, that suddenly they're going for eight yards. Oh, Callum was trying to run the clock out, and they were breaking forty yard runs. <laughs> they were trying to run the clock out. So, uh, say so I'll be in San Antonio um, all day Saturday for the triple header. Super excited about it, and uh, looking forward to. I think that late Travis Judson crowd will be big and be, be, be rowdy. So, looking forward to it. All right. That's going to do it for us. Um, high school school board lives on Saturday. No football Friday. I get This is like a week off. Hank's birthday party is Saturday. Happy birthday, Hank. Birthday, Hank. This is the anniversary of the only edition of Max and Step. Yes. R.I.P. Poochie. R.I.P. Poochie. Yes. Uh, Hank's birthday party, which is really for you and Mrs. Tepper and not for Hank. Trust me, man. We kept him alive for a year. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. And Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next week for the semifinal watching Woo! viewing guide thing on Tepper's.